Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. New England Patriots coverage on CLNSRadio.com. We want to hear from you, so call in right now. The phone lines are open, 929-477-2386. What's going on, Pats Nation? This is the CLNS Radio New England Patriots post-game show. Patriots just got done beating the Buffalo Bills 41-25. to I am your host, Marvin Izzan. I also got my co-host with me, Mr. Mike Knight. What a game, DJ Mees. What a game. And just like I said last week, the Patriots were going to come into this game and look for revenge and how sweet that revenge was as they got the big victory over the Buffalo Bills and Rex Ryan and that win that they got, the Buffalo Bills got earlier in the season. We're not even worried about that anymore because with Tom Brady on the center, we saw what the Patriots did and that's completely destroy the Buffalo Bills in this game. Definitely. We also got our guy, Michael Longe, who's working the switchboard. Michael Longe, 41-25 Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. You know, guys, Obviously, great win by the Patriots. Offense looks great. Defense actually looks pretty good. The, the garbage touchdown at the end, you know, it was actually more like a 41-17 game, a, a typical 41-17 game. But it was an ugly one out there. A ton of penalties. I think the Bills had the most penalties they've had all year. They had something like 13, maybe 14 penalties in this game. Um, I know at, some, at one point early in the fourth quarter, they had already had 11, and they got penalized, uh, penalized several times after that. So, you know, not as good for the Patriots either. They, I think, had 10 penalties on the day. So, really just an ugly win. It was a rainy, kind of crappy day up there. And yet, the Patriots still put up 41 points. Tom Brady looked as good as ever. Uh, I saw a stat on Facebook that Tom, uh, and on Twitter, excuse me. Tom Brady, in the past two games at Buffalo, has thrown for 781 yards and seven touchdowns with zero interceptions. So, sweet. I mean, How sweet this, this, this guy is the MVP. I mean, I know a lot of people have been talking about that over the week because, you know, oh, he's only played in, a, in four games. He hasn't played in all the games. This guy is the MVP of the league. No question about it. And he showed it again today. Yeah, there's so many things we can talk about in this game, so many things that we can tackle. And we definitely want to hear from you guys as well, the listeners. So call in the Blue Apron call lines are now open. You can call in at 929 477 2386. Once again, that is 929 929- 
888-253-2386. Get three free meals with free shipping by simply going to blueapron.com slash Celtics beat. Patriots, once again, 41-25. Tom Brady, who Alondra just said could be potentially the MVP of the league right now, went 22 for 33, 315 yards, four touchdowns. It was, a lot of players had great games. Gronk, it seems like I can say just that every week. Five receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown, who now leads the Patriots in touch, touchdown receptions with 69. Gronkowski is just becoming a force of nature. Another receiver who had a great game, Chris Hogan, four receptions, 91 yards, and a touchdown, who's becoming a real big threat for Tom Brady, big, deep threat for Tom Brady. The threats, man, the threats that Tom Brady has is unbelievable. You just never know who's going to step up and have a big game. Obviously, you can expect Gronkowski to come out and have great performances week in and week out. But then after Gronk, is it going to be Hogan? Is it going to be Edelman? Is it going to be Amendola? Is it going to be Bennett? Is 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 uh is is who you never know who's gonna step up. James White could even have big games coming out of the backfield. You never know. Tom Brady has weapons, and we can look at the team and go back and back many years and look at the different players that they've had uh, come in and out of the organization. This year, man, this team, this offensive unit, it's it's unbelievable, and it's it's Tom Brady stats and all, everybody else's stats is really showing that. This is a team, this is an offense to be reckoned with. And if the NFL, the rest of the NFL hasn't taken notice on what Tom Brady and the New England Patriots have been doing and will continue to to do throughout the rest of the season, they better watch out. Everybody better watch out because this team looks unstoppable right now. That's a big thing. So thought that's going to be throughout this whole week is how, like, a lot of people and Brady, that's four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He can throw into Yet, the game Patriots in general have not interception. They're holding on. Hey, man, Tom Brady. If you have any doubt that Tom Brady is not the best quarterback in the league, there should be no question about it. Tom Brady, right now, like Michael Longi said earlier, he is the MVP without a doubt. I know that he's missed the first four games. I know that, you know, he probably's not. He's, he's probably not at the top of a lot of stats right now for quarterbacks. But if you just look at what he's done in these couple of weeks since he's been back for the Patriots, unbelievable. Hasn't turned the ball over yet. I think in every game but one, he's thrown for over 300 yards. He's had two or more touchdowns, I think, in every game since he's been back. He's just playing out of his mind. You're talking about a guy who misses – the start of the season, you're talking about a guy who's 39 years old. And wow, 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 wow. Unbelievable performance. You can't be mad at it. And on top of that, I don't know if we touched on it yet, but Gronkowski getting his 69th Patriot record touchdown, you know you know that's big. And like I was telling uh, DJ Mees earlier while we were watching the game, you know, if Gronk never got hurt, you know, early in his career, he missed a lot of time due to injuries. But if he never got hurt, this man would be – I know he's hes making breaking records now. He's doing things that the league has never seen from a tight end. But think of his stats, what his stats could have been 
you know, if he never got injured early in his career, those injuries that took him out um, uh, for a long period of time throughout the course of the season, and even a couple of those Super Bowls where, you know, Gronkowski wasn't at 100%. You know, when Gronkowski is fully healthy and doing his thing, Gronkowski is a beast. There's been a lot of great tight ends to come through the league, you know. But Gronkowski, I'm telling you, one great tight end I can think of right now is uh, what's his name that used to play for the Falcons and and, uh, Kansas City, uh, Gonzalez. He was a tight end to be reckoned with. And then you know, years later, then you got the emergence of Jimmy Graham and what he was doing with the Saints and Drew Brees. You know, Jimmy Graham was a force. He's still a decent decent tight end in the league. Now, obviously, he's not getting the same production uh, with the Seattle Seahawks as he was doing with uh, the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. But just since Gronkowski coming to the league, I just it's been unbelievable to watch. And you got to give him all the credit. All the credit, you know, he puts in the work, and then you see this guy off the field partying and doing whatever he's doing. Uh, I remember last off season, off season before, you know, he had his whole, you know, Gronk boat cruise thing. And this guy, this guy's a party animal, party animal. He does crazy things. You see his videos on social media, him having fun, doing whatever the case may be. But I tell you what. Come Sunday afternoon, whether it's the Sunday afternoon, whether it's the Thursday night, whether it's the Sunday night, whether it's Monday night, whenever the case may be, I don't care what Gronkowski does. The moment he steps on the field for the New England Patriots wearing that 87 jersey, he is a monster. A monster. Nobody can touch him. Nobody. At the same time, you got to give credit to the rest of the wide receivers on the field. Bennett, you know, I know Bennett was hobbled. He's dealing with an ankle injury. I think they, they talked about that during the game. He's dealing with an ankle injury. But, you know, it's, the, it's everybody working together makes this offense look good. Look good for sure. Can't be mad at it at all. Yeah, Mike, you're absolutely right. Sorry, Marv's having a little bit of microphone issues, so I'm going to jump in here. But you're absolutely right about Gronk, man. I mean, he is a guy who is just so committed to being the best football player on the field. And you can just tell. I mean, he plays with that edge. Uh, you saw him today, you know, throwing guys off of him and everything. Uh, he, was, he was all over the place. And, you know, th- there's no question in my mind that he's the greatest tight end who ever lived. Uh, I feel pretty confident in saying that. Uh, we've never seen anybody like him. I know you mentioned uh, Tony Gonzalez, and you also mentioned you know Jimmy Graham and those guys. But there's no question that Rob Gronkowski is is head and shoulders above all of those guys, right? I agree. I agree 100%. He is way above those guys, and it's not even a question. And like I said, if he never got hurt, Alonji, if he never got hurt early in his career and got knocked out for a long period of time, think of his stats. I know he's putting up crazy stats now, but think of his stats. I know, absolutely. I mean, the fact that he has 69 touchdowns now in, what is this, his uh, sixth season? So you're already averaging over, or seventh season, so you're averaging about 10 touchdowns a year, which is impressive for 
even top tier wide receivers. I mean, I know our you know our thought process, Patriots fan, was kind of skewed because, you know, we're obviously thinking of uh, Randy Moss with that 23 touchdown season. But I mean, the reality of the matter is, if a guy gets 15 touchdowns in a, in a season, that's pretty unbelievable. And then you have Gronk, yeah. a tight end, averaging just about 10 per season. That's unheard of. Yeah, man. Gronkowski doing what he does. And, th- and the thing about it, he's still young. He still has a lot of mileage, a lot of legs left under him. And he's going to be good to go for years to come. And, I mean, we all, we all want Tom Brady to play for another 10, 20 years if he could, if he's going to keep it up like, like how he's been performing at age 39. And if you can have another five years, 10 years, <laughs> I know I'm asking for a lot here, but if you can have Gronkowski do all of that and have Tom Brady still throwing, you know, touchdown passes to him, what a team, man. The New England Patriots, as fans, as New England Patriots fans out there in Pats Nation, spoiled, spoiled, because you just week in and week out, you know, you're pretty much watch, watching domination every week. Yeah, and another thing that makes Gronk so special is for most of his career, he had a guy like a guy like Aaron Hernandez, who was also another great top. Ah, uh, Marv is cutting out again. It looks like ah, uh, we'll get that figured out. We're gonna uh, we're gonna run to a commercial break really quick, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna get Harris back from the Patriots Beat podcast. We're gonna get his thoughts on the game and everything. So just uh, stick around, and we'll be right back. The workers who have succeeded in this new economy are those who know how to decide for themselves how to spend their time and allocate their energy. They understand how to set goals, prioritize tasks, and make choices about which projects to pursue. People who know how to self-motivate, according to studies, earn more money than their peers, report higher levels of happiness, and say they are more satisfied with their families, jobs, and lives. The preceding excerpt is from Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habit audiobook, published by Random House Audio. Audible is the leading source of audiobooks online, and to get access to audiobooks such as this, along with a free 30-day trial, log on to audiblepodcast.com slash try now. Thanks to everyone who downloaded the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, the free CLNS Radio mobile app. Another game is in the books for the four-time Super Bowl champions. Before you know it, another week of football will be upon us, and we here at the Patriots Beat Podcast will have you covered. We'll provide the most in-depth breakdown of the most recent Patriots game, reaction to all the transpirings throughout the week, all while looking ahead by providing a featured interview as we go behind enemy lines of the Pat's next opponent. It's all on the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Radio. Released every Friday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern Time on clnsradio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, the CLNS Radio mobile podcast app. All right, we are back on the New England Patriots postgame show, powered by CLNS Radio. I'm Michael Longe here with Mike Nice. We're waiting for Marv to join us back, and we are about to talk with Harris of the Patriots Beat Podcast. You guys can download that every Friday at 5 a.m. on clnsradio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are available. Harris, uh, what are your thoughts on the, the win? 41-25, Patriots look pretty good all the way out. What do you think? I mean, this is pretty much what everyone expected out of this game. You know, the offense looked great. The defense did their job. If it wasn't for a terrible uh, 
uh, you know, garbage time touchdown there. It would have been under 20 points again. Uh, I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. Until you people listen to me, Malcolm Butler, again, had an insane game, uh, proving again that he's been one of the best corners in football this season. Uh, Donta Hightower had a really up-and-down game, but, you know, I, it, it's interesting. They've been playing – they played Jamie Collins really weird today where he was only on the field on obvious passing downs, and he seemed injured to me or there's something going on behind the scenes. So we'll see if there's something going on with Collins. But we finally found what the weakness is in this Patriots defense, and it's the number two corner slot. You know, Logan Ryan's been pretty disappointing this year in a contract season. Eric Rowe hasn't really done a fantastic job. Cyrus Jones has been a, uh, you know, he's been a healthy scratch past two weeks now. So, yeah, not, not a great sign. Not a great sign at all. But just looking at this game overall, Harris, you know, leading up to this game, I personally felt like the Patriots were out for revenge. I know Belichick probably won't say it to the reporters and, and the players won't, you know, speak about it as well. But I feel like they were playing with a little extra something, knowing that, you know, they got shut out at home early in the season. And, you know, going into this game, they have Brady back. Do you feel like, you know, the Patriots, I think the 41 points they scored uh, today was the most on the season. Do you feel like they had a little extra motive going into this game against the Bills team. I, honestly, I think it was a combination of just going in with the with the right attitude, and also the fact that this Bills defense is just not good, and Brady just ripped them apart. I mean, Patriots fans have been screaming for years now for a deep threat. Uh, if you want to call Chris Hogan a deep threat, you know, go right ahead. But uh, he made two sick passes down the middle of the field today. Uh, one to Edelman, I think it was called back, and that one to Hogan for the touchdown. So it's nice to see Brady being able to throw the ball down the field. Uh, Martellus Bennett was good when he wasn't going off the field. He's still dealing with that ankle injury. But, you know, one, one impressive thing uh, about this team, they go basically healthy into the bye week. Sure, they have nicks and some bruises. But for the most part, they're totally healthy going into uh, the bye week. And they get a week off, come back, and have a home game against the Seahawks. So we'll, we'll see how much that bye week helps them, but you can't really ask for a better timing going into it 7-1 or 8-1. Harris, I'm going to ask you about uh, our weekly question about Steven Gostowski. Uh, he obviously kicked two field goals today. That one from 51 that was, you know, both of them actually were just inside the uprights. Um, not exactly. I mean, I know we all want to see him hit one right down the middle, but is, do you think that these two, especially the one from distance, 51 yards, and I don't want to say a crucial point in the game because it was early on, but it was a fairly big drive. Do you think that's well enough to get the confidence going? Well, the 51-yard field goal, I mean, I was so impressed that he made that. He was going crosswind with distance, with the mental pressure. I mean, you, you saw he, he had, if you, uh, they had the, the camera shot from behind Goskowski. When he kicked that, that thing looked like it was going right down the middle, and then the wind just totally knocked that thing out of the air, and it luckily glanced off the post and went in. I was actually really impressed that he made that kick. And then the second one, I think, you know, he's like, all right, let's just make the kick. It was a pretty inconsequential attempt. But, uh, he, I mean, he, he made them both. Sometimes you just, you know – the, the reference was made on Twitter a couple times today that sometimes if you're a slumping hitter, you just need that bloop single to get yourself going, and maybe this was his version of a bloop single. Now that they have this bye week coming up, Harris, uh, one thing with the Patriots that I always talk about that's probably never going to change, but I continue to talk about it, is 
the fact that they don't have a pass rush. But just going into this bye week and getting this time up before they, they jump back into things and, and take on the Seahawks, is there anything that you want to see them maybe come out of the come out of the bye week bye week having improved on or anything you want them to maybe address or work on uh, before they, they get the, the second half of their season started? Well, they, they need to figure out that second cornerback slot. I mean, that, they just get attacked week after week after week at that defensive spot. And it's just it's not helpful. It shuts them down, uh, whatever they want to do on defense. And, they, you know, the pass rush today, I think they did a really good job of trying to keep Tyra Taylor in the pocket as much as they could. And then, ironically, the one time they don't on that fourth down, they finally send a two-linebacker A-gap blitz. And, of course, he runs 28 yards or 26 yards for a touchdown. So they, they did good today. It was very much a game plan to keep Tyrod Taylor in the pocket. But, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they brought in Kyle Van Noy from Detroit. They played him incredibly out of position. They played him as a 4-3 outside linebacker, when in reality he's more of a 3-4, uh, more of a 3-4 hybrid rusher. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what the Patriots are going to do with him. But, you know, it's, it's they, Trey Flowers hasn't been as impressive as we hoped. Jabal Sheard has been okay. Rob Ninkovich has been a no-show for two games now. So we'll, there's definite improvements that need to be uh, for the pass rush. Uh, one more question before we get you out of here, Harris, and it does concern the uh, the secondary like you were just kind of alluding to there. You said Malcolm Butler is one of the best corners in the league. I'm almost there with you. I'm starting. I'm starting to come over to that mm-hmm. side. I'm not totally there yet, but I'm starting. He's so good this year. But like not, you said, not even... out of everybody else, there's really nothing behind him. I mean, Logan Ryan has been bad this year. Eric Rowe was bad today. He was bad. So, yeah. I mean, what – where can they go? Is Justin Coleman the next guy that's going to have to step up? Cyrus Jones was inactive again today, which, I mean, has got to make everybody nervous in Patriots Nation, right? So, I mean, where are they going to go to find these guys to, to get this production up? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to do this. The, the available option is to go trade uh, for Joe Hayden from Cleveland, but I don't think they're ever going to do that. Um, you know, it, it is the biggest weakness on this team right now is who, where, who is that number two cornerback? Is it Eric Rowe? Is it Logan Ryan? Because, you know, Ma- Malcolm Butler, I'm sorry, I'll keep banging the drum as, as the season goes on. Mal- again, Malcolm Butler today, not, not only making incredible uh, pass breakups in the, in the passing game, also had a couple of nice hits in the run game. He had, a, I think he blew up, uh, I think, two screen passes. So, just he's all over the place. He's been an animal this season, and they're the the better he plays, the more money they're going to have to pay him at this off season. It's going to be an interesting juncture. He's going to be 28 years old. Do you want to give him give him uh, Akib Talib's contract at 28 years old, or do you want to try to move on to these other guys? But at this point, I think you probably have to keep Butler. Yeah, that's that is going to be an interesting talking uh, point over the summer for sure. Uh, Harris of the Patriots Beat podcast on CLNS Radio. Download the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and, of course, the CLNS Radio mobile podcast app every Friday morning, 5 a.m. Eastern. Harris, thank you so much. Uh, we get the bye week next week. We'll all be listening to the show, and then uh, we'll, see, we'll hear you back here in two weeks after the Seattle game. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Harris. Adios. All right. Well, it looks like Marv got his, uh, got his mic issues fixed, so let's bring him back in here. Marv, uh, you know, based on what Harris said there, the, the secondary looks like, you know, after Malcolm Butler, it was a point that I brought up. It looks like it's kind of thin. I mean, I think we thought going into the season that it was going to be a pretty good core of guys. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, Logan Ryan not producing as much. Uh, Justin Coleman not growing like you would expect him to in his next year. Cyrus Jones, like I mentioned, inactive again today. What, what is going on in the secondary? Yes, I am back. Sorry about that. And I don't know if if it's that our secondary is thin or maybe our secondary is just not that good. Because once you get down from, like you said, once you get past Malcolm Butler, who's the next guy you can say, all right, he's going to help out on that defense. You know, going in, I really thought Logan Ryan was going to be that guy. But you can, as you see, Logan Ryan's not even in the rotations anymore. You have a guy like Eric Rowe that they just traded for who had a bad game, which I just heard you guys speak about. And he's been having a lot of penalties drawn on him. It's like seeing, it's like seeing on Browner all over again in that secondary where you know there's always going to be either a holding or a pass interference anytime you throw to him. So it's getting kind of scary. And you got, and another thing is the quarterback has all the time in the world to throw. So you know they're going to throw it down the, our throats. They, if they avoid Malcolm Butler, you can throw it on Logan Ryan. Justin Coleman, he's still developing. We haven't even seen guys like Jordan Richards out there. We haven't seen a lot of um, Deron Harmon out there. So My question, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. But, but, but I'm trying to figure out. See, the Patriots back in the draft with their second-round pick, which is technically their first pick in the draft, they took a cornerback. And in and, and my opinion, he's not a dummy quarterback that they drafted. Um, this guy's coming from Alabama, being coached by uh, Nick Saban over there. You know, I'm pretty sure they didn't just draft, you know, Cyrus Jones to just be a career uh, special teams player, kick return, punt return. I'm pretty sure, you know, that's not why he's on the team. And I understand he's had a couple of shaky um, times doing doing in special teams, you know, returning kicks and whatnot. But if you, if I, I understand he's a rookie, but if you're talking about, you know, maybe developing the next guy to be uh, next to Malcolm Malcolm Butler who Harris believes is the best cornerback in the league, you got a guy, Cyrus Jones, who the Patriots need to really start working with and developing because, like I said, like I've always said, you know, you come out of the you come out of draft, you give him that number 24 jersey, I'm expecting great things from you. And you got a guy, he's, he came from a good school, he had a good couple of seasons um, in, in, in college. You know, he was a defensive MVP of the 2015 Cotton Bowl so if there's one guy you really need to start looking to develop and give a chance, maybe more on the field, maybe not, you know, thrust him into that number two cornerback position yet, but you really need to start working with Cyrus Jones and see what he can develop into because Logan Ryan is not the freaking answer. And I've been saying that for seasons now, that guy needs to go. He's terrible. Yeah, definitely. And Maybe they just feel like Cyrus Jones is not ready yet. We know, you know, he had those bad coverage, horrible punt returns, and um, he's been in what we call Belichick's doghouse. But maybe they're just developing him right now and practicing, really working him in, working him in because they don't believe that Cyrus Jones is quite ready. And I get it. Wearing number 24, you wear 24 here in New England, that means something special. That means you're going to be our guy. You know, we had Revis where that we had Ty Law. I know that's one of your favorite players, Mike, that who was a legend here in New England. So 
Yes, sir. We expect great. We expect great things from Cyrus Jones. He's fast, you know, talent, very talented cornerback. But I don't know. We haven't seen him for the past two weeks, and I'm thinking they really are just really working in getting him, letting him learn the playbook a lot more because the secondary needs help. Eric Rowe, we thought, you know, trading for him in Philadelphia will bring some energy to us, but it's it's not really working out. But I like to say our safeties. I think our safeties have done wonderful jobs. I love Patrick Chung, and I love McCordy. McCordy's a guy who doesn't get talked about much, but he's like the unsung hero. He does everything you need him to do. He doesn't let out the big plays. He's always there when you need him. He's always there at the right time. McCordy and Chung, I feel like our safeties are great, but just the secondary in a whole, they need some work. Yeah, man. But I mean, it, just just the whole secondary and what we were saying again about Cyrus Jones. I understand that you know he's young and he might not be fully ready, but you have to put in the work to develop him. I, you've seen cornerbacks come out of the draft early like that, and they automatically you know get a chance. And I figured uh, coming out of the draft with the Patriots taking him so high, you know he'd automatically possibly slide right into that number three role. Uh, right behind Butler and, and, and Logan Ryan. And he's just, like you said, he's in the doghouse, which is very unfortunate to see. They're, like, not even giving him a chance on the field. I don't know what's happening in practice. Uh, it's just sad to see. I And I'm just hoping and praying that over time uh, they just give him a chance because the secondary and just the whole Patriots defensive scheme, it's, it's it, you scratch your head a lot watching the Patriots play on defense because – like we've been saying week in and week out, they have this whole bend and not break mentality where it's like they'll give up the yards. You know, they'll they'll only rush three guys at, at the quarterback. There's zero pass rush. It seems a lot of the times like the opposing team's um, offensive weapons are wide open and able to get yards all the time. But at the end of the day, here come the Patriots again, only giving up. Uh, I know the, the Bills got a late touchdown there and they tried to go for two. But the Patriots don't give up a lot of points. They don't. They don't. Only 17 points um, coming out of the third quarter. And like I said, the Bills got that late touchdown there um, in, in the fourth. But the Patriots don't give up a lot of points no matter what we say and what we see from this defense. And as much as I personally uh, can't stand Matt Patricia, <laughs> these this team's sitting at, what, 7-1 and one now? So what can I say? I don't know, man. They're, they're getting it done. It's funny. Like, the first drive of this game, summed up how the Patriots defense works. Bills come in, get the ball first, and just punch it down our throats. Um, they're running back. His name's escaping me. Uh, Jilson? What's, what's the, running, the running back's name replacing McCoy this week? Uh, Mike Mike Gillisey, something like that. Mike, yeah, Mike Gillis. He, you know, had a large run, thirty-five yarder, I believe, to to start off. They came, they get, get to the red zone, and then they can only get three points, and that's that's devastating for a team, honestly. When they come out, they punch it down your throats, and then you only come out with three, and you know Tom Brady's gonna come down and score seven points on you. So this Patriots defense, as it's very frustrating to watch. I admit it's a frustrating defense to watch. You barely touch the quarterback, but they don't give up points, Mike. And it's something we're just going to have to deal with for the rest of the year. I'll take it. As long as you're not scoring points, I'll take it. I mean, what you can't say, you can't say anything. This team is sitting here at 7-1, and one, and 
you look at one side of the ball and you just can't stand with the Patriots. I don't know how the rest of Pats, the Patriot Nation feels when they watch the Patriots defense, but I know, DJ Mees, when we are sitting here watching it, we can't stand what they're doing half the time. And you get so mad, and then at the end of the, at the end of the at the end of the game, you know, or at the end of the play, the other team is either punting or only getting a field goal or can't, you know, pick up the the third down or whatever the case may may be. And the Patriots defense is somehow holding them down. And then you give the ball to Tom Brady in his offense, and they come out like today and put up 41 points or another week 30 plus points. You know, I guess you just gotta ta- you just gotta take it. You know, you can't say much at all because at the end of the day, no matter how much you can't stand the defense, Brady is going to come out and put up points. You know, one stat I'm coming across now that I just saw on ESPN was that Tom Brady is only the third player in NFL history to have 12 touchdown passes and zero interceptions in his first four games of the season. He's having a hell of a start to his season, DJ Meese. This guy, Brady, I know we've talked about it earlier in the show, but I've come to the realization, you know, maybe this, maybe, maybe this is something that people have noticed and said over the years or over the course of watching Brady. But legit to me, if I had to compare Tom Brady, he is without a doubt the Michael Jordan of the NFL. Is there any other? Is there any other compare? Is there any other way to compare? He's the Michael Jordan of of, of the National so, Football League. When you say he's the Michael Jordan of the NFL, you're pretty much saying he's the greatest of all time, which is Michael Jordan NBA. So I have to, I have to agree. I mean, he's just dominating, and it seems, you know, we didn't have deep threats a lot during the end of his career since we lost Randy Moss, but he still has that deep ball, and you could tell that this week he was looking for it. He was just slinging the ball out there, quick release. It's like he still has it. it doesn't look like he's 39. It looks like he's 29 out there. And that's the scary thing about Tom Brady right now is, is that not only is he playing unbelievable, but he's playing this great at the age he is right now. And that's crazy. He's showing no signs of slowing down whatsoever. I, I, I look at the history of quarterbacks in, in the NFL, and the last quarterback I can remember that – I mean, I understand uh, uh, Peyton Manning, you know, in the, before last season or a couple of seasons in Denver before last one, uh, he he has solid solid seasons at 35 plus, but other than Peyton Manning in that one season he had, I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks that have come and gone through the NFL that have been older than 37, 30, 38 years old and playing this well. I know recently, uh, DJ Mees, we saw that um, that 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 program on on the NFL Network talking about um, Brett, Favre. Brett Favre's career and. Even him, as great as people try to put Brett, make Brett Favre out to be, even him, at he had one good season in Minnesota at, you know, 30, 30, 38, 39 years old. But other than that, you're not supposed to be this good at 39 years old as a quarterback. You're not supposed to be this good. And Tom Brady has just it's, – it's Tom Brady at the top and then maybe – Maybe Drew Brees and and guys like um, I can't even say Aaron Rodgers anymore. Wow, but Ben Roethlisberger, maybe guys sprinkled in, you know, at the second tier. But Tom Brady, there's nobody even close in the NFL right now that is playing on the level that Tom Brady is. 
He's he's in a class of his own, Mike Nice. You you said it you said it perfectly. MVP right now, I'm not sure if the season ended right now, you could give him MVP just because of the lack of the games. And you got guys who are who are also balling like Stafford who's playing great. You have guys like Matt Ryan who's playing unbelievable as well. So I wouldn't give him the MVP right now, but if this season continues, which it will, for the next eight games Brady will be a front runner to win this MVP in only 12 games, and you can tell Goodell to take that. I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsors, Movement Watches and Casper. While department store watches go for $400 to $500, you can go to Movement Watches and get them without dealing with the middleman. Starting at just $95, Movement Watches are the most stylish watches around, and you can receive a $15 percent off. 15, excuse me, 15% off your first order with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmtwatches.com slash Celticsbeat. Also, Casper's mattress is made with latex and memory foam. And you can get to it, try you can get to try it out free in your first hundred days. If you don't like it, send it back. Go to Casper.com slash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. And you also get $50 off your first mattress purchase. Would love if everyone, if they had interest, would use these promo codes as it is a way to help support us here at CLNS Radio. And Mike, Patriots are just beating teams in different ways, man. Like one game, you're going to see a big game from LeGarrette Blunt and James White. Another game is just going to be Brady in the tight end show. Or you're going to see the receivers like last week, Edelman, going off. You never know how to defend this team. You never know what the Patriots game plan is going to go inside. And they, they dropped 41 points on a rainy day. And Brady looked great. And it was there wasn't much LeGarrette Blount. He did have that touchdown in the red zone. But it was mostly just throw it down their throats against Buffalo Bills. When I look at this Buffalo Bills team, and I know a lot of people look at them, and obviously they're not one of the better teams in the NFL. I mean, even with that being said, there's not a lot of good teams in the NFL, period. But the Buffalo Bills are, are definitely, I would say, on the bottom half of that. And with the Patriots coming out in the with the, with the way they played today, like I stated earlier, I think, in my opinion, they were looking for revenge. They wanted to come out and really dominate against this Buffalo Bills team, especially just, you know, Rex Ryan, the Bills divisional rivals, and just how – uh, the first game went down at home. But honestly, since Brady's been back, I mean, they had that one game where, you know, according to Patriots fan standards, Brady didn't play that well, I think it was last week. I think he didn't, he didn't go over 300 yards or whatnot. He didn't play He didn't play up to Brady's standards. But I'm just thinking, DJ Meese, like, I guess week nine when the Patriots return from their bye week, you know, they take on um, – a uh, uh, Seattle Seahawks team who were, have probably one of the most feared defenses in in the league. But the way this offense has just been flowing and playing, are we really going to sit here and fear the Seattle Seahawks defense? In my opinion, the Seattle Seahawks defense is not the same as what it once was before the last couple of seasons. I just think that just, they're just not the same team. And I, but, Going up against the Seahawks in week nine, should we fear 
that team, that defense, you know, Richard Sherman, uh, the other Bennett brother, uh, Michael Bennett, uh, uh, those guys that they have over there, are we, are we, are we, are we scared? Are we scared at all? When you're the New England Patriots and you have a team like this, you're not scared of any defense that comes at you at all. With these weapons, you cannot be scared with Brady, Gronk, Bennett, Hogan, Edelman, and you have the Garrett Blunt and James White off the backfield. I think they have too many weapons to not exploit any type of weakness on any defense. You, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. They used the, you know, the dip and duck to Edelman and Vereen to beat the Seahawks, and they can do a lot more this this um, this year against the Seattle Seahawks. I think there's no defense right now in the NFL that can stop the Patriots' offense. Not even as good as the Seattle Seahawks, who, like you just mentioned, are not as good as they once were in the prior two two years ago. And we don't even know Cam Cam Chancellor what's his status because he's he's the guy who really changes everything up with Seattle. And another thing with Seattle is their offense has been horrible. Russell Wilson's been, you know, banged up, and that puts more pressure on the defense because the defense is always out there, and they get you can see that they get gas, they get tired. Yes, Richard Sherman, Earl Watson, those guys, they're amazing, but there's not enough of them, and the Patriots will wear them down. I think when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, even the last couple I – honest, I understand they've had, they had Marshawn Lynch and Beast Mode. He's been solid. But I think that over the last couple of years, you know, you know, this year we talk about how their defense is not as good as they used to be. But a lot of the times I think it was the defense, you know, building up because Russell Wilson has never been an elite quarterback. He's been solid. He's a Super Bowl winner. I'll give him the credit. You know, he's good. But their offense was never one to be super solid. You know, if anything about their offense that really, you know, scared people was just the fact that their running game was a force with Marshawn Lynch and him just being unstoppable. But over the last couple of years, it's been their defense, I feel, that's carried them. Because if you have a defense that is holding opponents to to, to not a lot of yards gained and, and not not putting a lot of points, it just makes it easier for Wilson and Marshawn Lynch and over the last couple of years to just go out and get a couple points and, and have, you know, low-scoring victories against other teams. But now this year, you're facing a Seattle Seahawks team where, like we just said, um, their defense is not the same. And then on top of that, their offense with Russell Wilson, he's hobbled. It feels like every time you, you, you hear about a Seahawks game, you hear Russell Wilson, you know, questionable, might be dealing with an injury, this and that. And other than Wilson, Doug Baldwin, and I guess uh, Jimmy Graham, you know, you don't really you don't really know too many other threats that they have over there offensively. So uh, this is not the same Seattle team. You know, I know, I know they're five and they're they're they just lost today, so they're actually four and three, I think. Um, I just don't have a lot of fear, and and I don't want to jump. I know we haven't got to the predictions part already of the show, but I I'm thinking that this winning streak might continue. I'd be, it's very possible. I'm not saying that Seattle. Let's let's not get it twisted. Seattle's defense is still. Very good. And if they can get to Brady, it's going to be a long day. The offensive line is going to need to do their job, especially against Seattle. You got Michael Bennett, who is a monster in there. So let's not let's not say like it's going to be a walk in the park. If you ask me, Seattle is the best team in the NFC. 
I know you got the Dallas Cowboys who are rolling right now, but if it's playoffs, I, I'm picking Seattle against Cowboys. Wow, that's, the a, that's a whole – that's another debate for another day. The best team in the NFC, wow, there's some teams there for sure. But, I mean, yeah, and one thing that – I know we talked about it the last show or the show before that, if there's one area of the game that can that can really impact how the Patriots play, it's the fact that it, once other teams put pressure on Brady – and, I mean, once you put pressure on any quarterback, it's a rough day. It's a rough day of work for any quarterback. So, you know, we saw in the Super Bowl when the Patriots played Seattle. We even saw last year when the Patriots played Broncos. Pressure on a, on a quarterback causes problems. And you get to that week nine matchup, if there's one place where, you know, where the, the Seahawks really might try to emphasize uh, when, they, when, you know, they have their team meetings and whatnot going through their week of practice, is is putting pressure on Tom Brady and and having try to try to just cause him to make I mean Tom Brady's the best so it's not much you could really do to try to ruffle his feathers but if you're just wrecking havoc on the offensive line and just you know getting hits or 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 making Brady you know try to think quicker and make quicker quicker passes and whatnot it could be a rough day but yeah Seahawks defense is I'm not I'm not like I said they're not the same but they're still you know one of the top in the NFL, I'd say for sure. Definitely. We're about to enter our segment with Charles Russick, but before we do that, let's hear quick words from our sponsors. I just want to take a moment to talk to you about Movement Watches. Movement Watches, if you haven't heard of this company, it started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them. So what did they do? They started their own company. Guys after my own heart, that's for sure. I love young entrepreneurs. As you know, CLNS Radio was founded by a bunch of Celtics fans way back in 2009. And from there, we started a a company that made a career out of it. So we can absolutely relate to the owners of Movement Watches. And let me tell you, I purchased the Chrono Gunmetal Watch. This watch is so sleek, so cool. Black stainless steel. It's light. It's versatile. It's great for dress occasions or even casual affairs. A little bit more about movement watches. They start at $95. I purchased the Chrome Gunmetal watch for under $100, and I know with the watch I purchased, you're looking at $400 to $500 in a department store. So give yourself a big discount off a watch right in time for the holidays. You can get 15% off today with free shipping, and if you don't like the watch, guess what? You can return it for free. All you have to do is go to Movement watches.com slash Celtics beat. Wait a second. Even the name is cool. It's spelled www.mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics beat. Now is the time to step up your watch game, folks. And I can tell you, since I got the Chrono Gunmetal watch, I've been getting complimented left and right. Get your 15% off. Get your free shipping. No risk involved. You can return the watch if you don't like it. And you're also supporting Celtics Beat Podcast and CLNS Radio. Again, go to mvmtwatches.com slash Celtics Beat. CLNS Radio's leading online coverage of the Boston Celtics now even more comprehensive than ever. From the Celtics postgame show to the Guard Report to CSL and to Celtics Beat, CLNS Radio's Boston Celtics News Feed provides narrated breaking news, game recaps, and news and notes for the NBA's winningest franchise, all provided in real time. Don't have the time to surf the web or search engines and plunge your head into your computer or smartphone to read up on all the latest on the Celtics? No problem. Multitask while listening to CLNS's Celtics News Feed. 
And for the 2016-17 NBA campaign, the Boston Celtics pregame report with myself, Larry H. Russell, will be released on the news feed on game days at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, making it the first pregame report to air anywhere. We will give you a featured interview to someone providing opposing insight, pregame notes, and go on a Celtics draft pick watch, all in just 12 minutes or less. Available on the Boston Celtics newsfeed on iTunes and Stitcher, and the CLNS Radio mobile podcast app. When we're back, New England Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills 41-25. to They definitely handled Tyrod Taylor a lot better this week, holding him to 19 completions on 38 attempts, 183 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. We're about to move on to our segment with Charles Russick. Charles Russick, Patriots beat staff writer on clnsradio.com. Charles, what did you see out of this Patriots defense? You know, pretty much it was they held them to 17 points until the garbage time, so 25 points. But what did you like or what didn't you like out of this Patriots defense this week? Uh, one of the one of the things that I was particularly kind of impressed with today was uh, sort of the aggressiveness of the secondary. I felt like I saw Malcolm Butler and uh, Devin McCourty just kind of flashing onto my screen, like when whenever a pass is going by, I just they, they just showed up and they were always there to break up passes. Butler had a few really nice plays today, and then he had a couple big hits, which was uh, really fun to see because I don't know, I don't think that we've seen uh, huge thumpers and big hitters on our team since Rodney Harrison's or on the Patriots team since, you know, Harrison and Willie McGinnis. So I thought it was pretty fun to see that. And McCourty was just everywhere. And uh, it's really making you really making you happy that the Patriots paid him so much because he, he was really uh, proving his worth there today. He, he, was, he was all over the field. And then uh, I really enjoyed watching Hightower today. He was really impressing me, especially when uh, he was playing on the edge. I think uh, he was really setting it pretty well. And there was a couple plays where he really just knocked down the right tackle or left tackle whatever edge that he was on, just knocked him back and forced the run back inside or just made a, made the running back just backtrack. So so I think the, the defense really stepped it up today. And, uh, I was pretty happy seeing that, and they really controlled Tyrod Taylor. And uh, he's just such a, guy, such a tough guy to, to control, but obviously he got away a couple times and had a touchdown. But overall, they did, they did so much better this time than they did the, uh, just a few weeks ago. How impressive has – Rob Gronkowski's career been to you in today's game. You know, he recorded his 69th record-breaking uh, touchdown reception. And the man's just been a beast ever since he got into the league. I know, unfortunately, earlier in his career, he suffered a couple of injuries that kept him out. And, you know, I feel like, you know, without those injuries, he would be obliterating a lot of records out there. But just how impressed have you been with Rob Gronkowski and what he's he's brought to this Patriots team since he's been here? Oh, it's so impressive. And, yeah, he could easily be, like, up another 15 touchdowns with all the games that he missed. So that's kind of a bummer. But uh, other than that, though, this guy, he's really just fun to watch. I think he gives you that old-school kind of football feel, or at least just, like, 15 years ago where it's, like, concussions weren't overly such a huge deal or, or the league was just really cracking down on them. And he just uh, he just really throws it back to that kind of time where it was just you put your head down and you try to run through people. And uh, it was fun because uh, – he showed a couple of those plays today. You know, not every not every game you're going to see crazy plays where he's shedding five tackles. But but today uh, he had he had such a fun stiff arm, and then it took like four guys to bring him down like after another ten yards. So I think that's really fun to watch, and he just brings such an excitement and I think personality to 
personality to the Patriots team. And I think you need that on any playoff caliber, championship caliber team. You need to have a guy that can kind of rally the troops and get you hyped. I think you saw that uh, the other week with the Bengals and when he was bobbing his head and getting angry with uh, Pac-Man Jones and throwing the ball down. I think he really just, he means so much in every sense of being a Patriot, whether it's on the field making plays or getting the team hyped up and then just getting the crowd into it. It just, it's been such a pleasure and privilege to watch him as a fan. And there's not really not like enough nice things I can say about him just because we're really watching probably the best tight end ever to do it right now. He's in his seventh year and he's on a great pace to break records. And it's just, it's amazing what this guy can do. And the fact that he blocks and he loves blocking, it just makes it that much better just because guys like Jimmy Graham and all that, they go out there and they split out wide and they get hit. They're complaining. They're calling for fouls. Gronk doesn't do that. He just goes out there and he just wants to hit you. He wants to knock you down. Then he wants to spike a ball in your face after he scores. So it's awesome. I agree with everything you just said about Gronkowski. He makes the game fun for his teammates. He makes it fun for us to watch because he does bring that old-school feel to it, just loving to hit, block, whatever you need to be done, Gronkowski is there to do it. What I was really impressed about this week, something I don't think we spoke about, is the special teams. Special teams has definitely been something we've been negative about throughout this year, starting with Steven Kaskowski, who who hit a 51-yarder, you know, and it was close, but he, he hit it. And then you had Danny Dan Amendola almost breaking it out for a, a touchdown in, on a kick return. So the special teams has definitely improved from this week. Where do you see it going? Do you think this 51-yarder from Steven Kaskowski is going to spark something and we won't have to worry no more? Or what do you see this um, – what do you think about the special teams pretty much and how it performed this week and moving forward? Well, to start with Steven Guskowski, I think I think the, the field goal today, I think it's a good way to get the ball rolling. It is just one week. He had a couple tough weeks there where he's missing a few kicks. But now we're getting the ball rolling here, or he's getting the ball rolling. And then if he could just string together a couple more games where he just kicks, kicks field goals, makes them, I think as fans and, and then for the Patriots, they don't have to worry about him. He's just got to get his head in the right place. And I think the ball is going in the right direction right now. Uh, the kickoff and kick return team, I was I was very impressed with that today, uh, especially especially on kickoff because I think the for much of the season, I feel like whenever they pin them right on that goal line and they have to take the ball out, I feel like there's always people rushing to the kick returner, always there by like the 15 yard line. Matthew Slater had a good tackle today; he made up for a fumble that he had, and. Uh, <laughs> And you know, I've just been really impressed with that because you see a lot of guys like Shane McClellan, Barkevius Mingo, these former first-rounders, you know, they're they're on the kickoff team. And then obviously Slater, Ebner, Brandon Bolden, all those guys, King. We The the Patriots have such a great core of of special teamers. And I think that's such an important aspect of, of how to make a, a championship team because you need all three phases of the game. And that's just something I think they do so well. And I think they spend, like, the most money in the league in the bottom third of their roster. So, that like, what they can do and make field position and put their defense in a good place in order to put their offense in a good place, I think it really it really stems a lot from the special teams. And they've been doing such a great job. And it was good to see them get a couple nice returns today because we, the Patriots haven't had a, a Devin Hester or anything like that. So, it's not like returns are always prevalent and are going to 
going to break a big one. But when Edelman's back there on punts or Amendola's on kicks or even when Blunt was on kicks, sometimes you'd see a nice nice return. And it's always nice to get those because that's just – instead of relying on Brady and all of them to do it all the time, it's nice to get a good return. Like when Amendola got one today, he put you right in a great position and we, the Patriots were able to score right after that. So I've been pretty impressed with that, especially on the kickoff team. They've been really good. Looking forward a little bit, you know, coming out of the bye week, you'll get a Seattle Seahawks team. And DJ Mees and myself are just going back and forth on, you know, how we feel about the Seattle Seahawks and their team and their supposedly elite defense this time, this season. With this high-powered offense that the Patriots have, how do you, what is your outlook on that matchup uh, in week nine when the Patriots take on the Seahawks and that, and that supposedly elite defense? I think that's going to be such a fun game to watch. I really think it's going to be like an old-school heavyweight fight where they're just throwing punches and taking punches. Uh, I think the Seahawks' defense is still elite. By no means can you sleep on them. They're they're giving up some of the least. They might be number one in points given up, as as in terms of they're giving up the least amount of points. They're really up there. I know they're at least top top three or five, and they're they're still able to do what they've been able to do the past few years. They got all those guys there. I know Bennett's been out, but. <laughs> They still have that secondary intact, and I'm just not sleeping on them. They've, I think, the past couple of years, they, they've they've kind of had this little pattern where stuff happens. You either get a guy that's holding out for a contract, or you have a couple minor injuries in the beginning of the season, and then you see the Seahawks team where people always count them out. They're like, oh, well, this isn't the year that they're they're not going to make it back to the Super Bowl again, and then. They show up every year at the end of the year. They're there in the playoffs. So I'm I'm by no means sleeping on this team right now. Uh, but but the matchup in a couple weeks, I think that's going to be such a fun matchup. And with the Seahawks, how they've been playing on the road, their defense isn't as good as it is when they're in Seattle. So I think it's, I think it's going to be pretty fun because they'll be able to see the Patriots kind of put up some scores on the on the Seahawks. But uh, their offense, uh, even though they're not filled with star power. They're able to do it. They're always able to do it. Jermaine Curtis, he's able to he's always able to get open. They have tight ends, Luke Wilson, he's always able to do it. They're I just feel like their offense kinda of reminds me of like the Patriots back then when they won the first Super Bowls in O one, three and four. They're just a lot of guys that were just kinda of doing their job and they're just able to do it week in and week out and make plays when needed. So uh I think it's gonna be a pretty fun game to watch. I kinda of imagine it going somewhat like the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Hopefully we don't. They don't have to get a pick to end the game, but uh, I think it's going to be kind of like that. They're going to both teams are going to be able to kind of score on each defense, but uh, you know probably something like a 27-24, 24-21 kind of game. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm excited for that game too. It's in two weeks. They face the Bills next week, so you know we'll be watching just to see how they really play. And I know Patriots will be scouting them as well. Charles, we look forward to hearing from you in two weeks when we do talk about that game, Patriots versus Seattle. Thank you once again, man. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, no problem. That's Charles Russick, staff writer for the Patriots Beat Podcast, once again released every Friday morning. Check out Charles' work on clnsradio.com. And, Mike, I know you're relieved that Steven Guskowski finally hit, you know, a 51-yard. There wasn't no pressure into this one. We were already up big. But it was good to see that he made a couple of kicks there. You know, you saw we saw the smile in his face. And that can, you know, release a lot of tension on you and hopefully be good signs moving forward. 
it's about damn time that he knocks down some field goals and puts them through the uprights. It's about time. You know, looking at his stats today, I think he was, what, two for two with field goals, I think. He was two two for two two. field goal attempts. And then in extra points, he was five for five. That's what we want to see, Steven Gostowski. That's what you've been over the last several years with the Patriots. Automatic, you know, you know, don't even have to question. Because a couple of times when he stepped up for those extra points and field goals, uh, DJ Mees, we were here talking like, oh, man, you know, let, let's see what's going to happen here. Yep. And even, even when he kicked it, it was looking kind of shaky a couple of times. But at the end of the day, he converted on both his field goal attempts uh, and all five of his extra point attempts. So this is the type of performance we want to continue to see Steven Gostowski hopefully uh, after having a performance like today, he gets some of his, you know, swagger back and, and, and just continues to, to progress off of this performance and be better for the rest of the season. I hope he does get his swagger back because it's not only him, man. There's some kickers out there that are just blowing it for everybody. I don't know if you saw the Seattle-Arizona game last week. They ended up in a tie. We had another tie this week because of missed kicks. So it's just been going all over the place with these kickers. But to know, let's hear more about what's going on around the NFL presented by Indochino. Let's get Michael Longi, bro. What's happening around the NFL right now? Thanks, Marv. Uh, Today's NFL scores are brought to you by Indochino. Don't waste money on a generic off-the-rack suit that doesn't fit. Visit Indochino to get a custom made-to-measure suit at a great deal. And listeners in the Boston area right now can visit their showroom at 85 Newbury Street in the city and pick from dozens of fabric colors and patterns and tons of customization options. It's a really great deal. Listeners right now can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 when you mention the code PATRIOTS at the Boston Indochino showroom. That's an $800 made-to-measure suit for just $389. You math who is out there, that's over 50% off a premium made-to-measure suit just for you. Again, go to Indochino.com, promo code PATRIOTS. That's Indochino.com, promo code PATRIOTS, for 50% off your first suit at the 85 Newbury Street showroom in Boston. Uh, Today's NFL score, guys, let's start with the early games. You know, the... Carolina Panthers beat the Arizona Cardinals 30-20, to had a huge lead in that game. Arizona came back, couldn't make it. The Jets came back from behind and won 31-28 to over the Cleveland Browns. The Houston Texans defeated the Detroit Lions 20-13. to We already mentioned the uh, Oakland Raiders came back. We had almost had two ties in this game. Oakland Raiders and Tampa Bay Buccaneers tied 24-24 in overtime. Derek Carr completes a 41-yard touchdown pass to Seth Roberts to, to end the game for them. We did mention the tie wow. earlier today. Tie Washington Redskins and the Cincinnati Bengals tied 27-27. to We had the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Indianapolis Colts 30-14. to And then we have been talking about the Seattle Seahawks. They did lose today to the New Orleans Saints 25-20. to Seahawks had a big lead in that game and gave it all the way up to Drew Brees and the Saints. Drew Brees came back. Tim Hightower rushed for over 100 yards against the Seattle Seahawks defense. Drew Brees carved him up for 265 yards and a touchdown. So, guys, maybe maybe the Seattle Seahawks defense isn't as good as we thought. And Russell Wilson, zero touchdowns and one interception today. Three weeks in a row he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. So, uh, Seahawks could be faltering just as we hit this time. Yeah, not looking good for them at 
all and they get face the Buffalo Bills. So we'll be watching. We'll see what they do with the Bills next week. I'm trying to tell y'all they're not the same, man. They're not the same team. Thanks, guys. That is Around the NFL brought to you by Indochino. Remember, go to Indochino.com, promo code PATRIOTS for a $389 suit, premium made-to-measure suit. That's Indochino.com, promo code PATRIOTS. Back to you guys. Hey, thank you, Alonji. Another guy I want to speak on that we haven't really brought up is Bennett. Bennett had a, you know, subpar game, four receptions, 35 yards. And not big numbers, but he was always there when you needed him. You could tell that his ankle is bothering him. He has that ankle injury, and it's, it's slowing him down a little bit. But he's still reliable out there. We just as long If he can get healthy, you know, this bye week is very very clutch. This is the best time to have a bye week later into the season. I hate having bye weeks when it's like the, the fourth game or somewhat, something like that. Having it now, you get to prepare. For, you get two weeks to prepare for the Seattle Seahawks. That is perfect. Rest of some guys like Bennett, like, like Edelman, get Deion Lewis in more. I mean, you never know. We could maybe see Deion Lewis in the next two weeks or so. So this is a great time to have a bye week. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, you know, Bennett out there having a subpar performance. Obviously, we know Bennett is an elite talent. You know, we've seen his stats, you know, last couple of years with the Chicago Bears and whatnot. But at the end of the day, this is Rob Gronkowski town. And he's going to be the guy usually getting most of the targets, most of the receptions, a lot of the touchdown passes from Tom Brady. Um, but Bennett, having Bennett will always be clutch. You know, the Patriots love that two tight end set. And just like you talk about, you know, with the bye week coming up and having Bennett rest up his ankle and get himself ready, it, it couldn't come at a better time. Just like you said, DJ Mees, and you come out of the bye week ready to face the Seattle Seahawks team, you hopefully have a fully healthy uh, Martellus Bennett, uh, Julian Edelman, anybody else who's banged up feeling any any pain or injuries or whatever the case may be right now, uh, it's a perfect time to have it. And this team will be ready and probably clicking on all cylinders as they prepare to host the Seattle Seahawks in New England. It's like uh, like everyone believes it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a great game. You know, ever since these two teams met in the Super Bowl, you know, eyes are on, you know, their meetings You know, throughout the course of the season. You know, some people got President Obama thinking that these two teams will meet again this year in the Super Bowl. So everybody has their eyes on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Patriots matchup whenever it happens. Yeah, and you know, another thing I'll be looking forward to this year, see how what this defense does with Russell Wilson, whether he's hobbled or not. I mean, you see what Tyrod Taylor, what mobile quarterbacks do to us. It's like we can never bring them down. It doesn't matter. Even if we break loose, they find a way to escape. Russell Wilson is a magician when it comes to that. I know he's not as healthy as he's been, but he's still a very good escape artist. But with this bend-don't-break defense, how are they going to score? Who are they going to go to? Is Jimmy Graham going to be the, their number one guy? Doug Baldwin, you, I, you expect to have you know Malcolm Butler really covering him. That'll be a great match. See, so it's good. The defense, our defense against Seattle's offense, is going to match up. I'm really looking forward to seeing Seattle's offense has not been that good, to be honest. They haven't been great. Whether it starts with Wilson. Sometimes they've been shaky with their running backs. Now Christian Michael's really stepping up. So we'll see what happens with their offense. But I think our defense is going to have a, a tough task, even with a struggling um, 
Russell Wilson and the Seattle's offense. The thing, the thing about Russell Wilson, I feel like, is yes, he's been hobbled. So, you know, with all the games that Seattle's had throughout the course of the season, you know, obviously Russell Wilson has not been playing his, to his usual self, you know, being the quarterback that can scramble and pick up yards with his legs. But if you think about the Patriots and their defensive scheme and how they play, they don't rush the quarterback a lot. They only rush three guys, and it's the big, fat, you know, three uh, defensive linemen sometimes. And in a game against you saw what you saw what Tyrod Taylor was able to do today. So you get uh, even if he's hobbled, Russell Wilson, and you get a pass rush like the Patriots have, I still think he'll be effective doing, you know, what he with the light stuff that he does against other teams will look like big yards that he's picking up, you know, just because of the way the Patriots and Matt Patricia has the scheme set up and how they want to rush the quarterback. So with no real pass rush and it's still Russell Wilson hobbled or not, the fact that he's on the field, he still might have a solid day. So the Patriots are definitely, you know, going to, going to want to use their practice time to really prepare for him. I mean, it's, if there's a quarterback that, that I, I, that I worry about that the Patriots face is the guys that are mobile and can really pick up yards with their legs, just like we saw with Tyrod Taylor today. I mean, he's not an elite quarterback, but just the fact that you know he can run and pick up yards. Uh, what did he do today? He had five rushes uh, for 48 yards and a touchdown. That's not something you want to see from an opposing quarterback ever. And who, who who's to say that Russell Wilson can't come out and have a similar performance? Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. That's one area that I'm really going to want to pay attention to uh, is how – they try to contain Russell Wilson. Uh, I just, just, it's going to be a good game. Like uh, Charles Russick was saying earlier, you know, it's it's an elite defense versus a powerful offense. But you know, it's in Gillette Stadium. So once you have a game in Gillette Stadium, I already know how I feel about that. Uh, I just can't wait to see it go down, man. I I hear you on that and it's in two weeks, so we have a little ways away to, to wait for it. But Mike Knights, I'm looking at the time right now and I know you know what time it is. Oh yeah, man. It's that time of the show. We're here. We give out the star of the game from this Patriots Buffalo Bills matchup. And DJ Mees, again, I posted the poll on Twitter to get Pats Nation's uh, vote on who they felt was the star of this game. And with an overwhelming 72% of the vote, I know you already know who it is. Jeez. The star of the game. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> Tom the goat. Brady. The GOAT pulling away. You know, I, I even I even added, you know, uh, Rob, Rob Gronkowski to the list. I know Chris Hogan had a pretty big game making his return to Buffalo. And, man, I even added Steven Gaskowski to the list thinking that he had a solid game, didn't miss any kicks or anything. This man got zero love. Nobody voted for him at all. I mean, Mike, you weren't expecting Steven Gaskowski to be the player of the game, were you? <laughs> I just I just thought, you know, Pats Nation showed the man some love, finally knocking in <laughs> some field goals and some extra points, but zero, nada, zilch. He didn't get any love at all. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady was definitely for this week. You know, sometimes Pats Nation will be exaggerating when it comes to Tom Brady being the player of the game, but you can't deny his numbers this game. 315 yards, four touchdowns, 
This is a guy who missed the first four games. This is a guy who's 39 years old, but he is balling and came back, put his team on top. So Tom Brady is the CLNS star of the game for sure. Yeah, but when there's the good DJ Mees, there's the bad. There's the bad. And when you're bad around these we parts, tell we tell you, sorry. sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And, I mean, just looking at the Patriots' performance all around, offensively, defensively, they were pretty solid. They were pretty solid. So, it's it's not – I can't really find anybody to give a sorry to. But I got a sorry. For the Patriots? Oh, no, not for the Patriots. I got a sorry, too, but who's your sorry? Maybe my, sorry go- sorry. <laughs> my sorry goes to Buffalo Bills and the 12, I believe maybe even 13 flat penalties that they got. It was just horrendous. They slowed down the game, first of all. This game lasted way too long, to, way longer than it should have. But it was there were so many penalties against them. It just seemed like they were disorientated. They didn't know what was going on. And they just weren't ready for this matchup whatsoever. So that was my sorry for them with all those penalties to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I agree. I had to give it to Buffalo, too, because, I mean, you know, they, they get the win against the Patriots in Gillette Stadium. And you know how Rex Ryan probably goes on. is That's the biggest win of his career. That's his Super Bowl to him. And then you get the Patriots at home in your house, and you get blown out. It's just the Buffalo Bills showing their true colors and, and, and letting – the Patriots and the rest of the world know that they're a sucky team, sucky head coach, and all in all, they're just not a good football team. So for getting blown out and giving up 41 points, Buffalo Bills from DJ Mees and myself in the postgame show, we got to give you a big fat sorry. Yeah, man. Every year, every year, man, every year we come into the season and we hear, Oh, how's the AFC East going to fare up against the Patriots? AFC East is looking strong this year. AFC East is really making moves, this, that, and the third. Patriots are up 7-1. Buffalo Bills are now 4-4. Four four. Miami's 3-4. And, and New York Jets are 3-5. And, and they barely beat the Browns. AFC East in the whole is very, very sorry. Every year, every year, it never fails. I mean, a couple of years, I guess, sprinkled in, you know, you've had a decent Jets team. Uh, that's it. Like, it's, it's every year, every year. I think other than the Jets, um, the Bills really haven't done anything, and and so have the Dolphins. They haven't done anything at all. It's, it's probably the worst division in football, and it's just one where there's no debate at the beginning of every year. You pretty much know who's going to – Win the the divisional title. I mean, it come be the uh, win the AFC East. It's it's automatic every year. Very very sad. But real quick before we get out of here, I definitely want to hear what your your thoughts on you know in these next two weeks. What what do you want? Forget predictions right now. But what do you want to see? And what improvements do you want to see from the Patriots going into this bye week? Definitely uh, just continue to hopefully improve on defense um, and especially the secondary. I would say hopefully work on a pass rush, but the Patriots just don't care about pass rush. I would love to see a pass rush, you know, start to develop, but I don't think it's happening. But in terms of the secondary, there has to be something done there because you uh, after 
Malcolm Butler. I don't really know who you can trust at cornerback. And if there's one guy who I can hope to see get out of the doghouse and maybe get back involved, and even if he's not on the field for every snap and every play and whatnot, just start to work Cyrus Jones back in. This guy was your top draft pick from uh, from last year's draft. I just want to see him get worked into the mix a little bit more. But, yeah, man, this team is, is clicking on all cylinders, especially offensively. So it's just going to be fun to watch when the Patriots head into the second half of the season. Definitely an improvement I want to see going into bye week. is The offensive line, trust me, has been a lot better compared to last year. Dante Skarnacki has definitely – you know, boosted up this offensive line. But, you know, I've seen the past couple weeks, Brady's been moving around a little too much uncomfortably, trying to run, trying to extend plays, which he's been doing pretty well at, but that's not where we want to see Brady. We don't want to see him getting hit as he did get hit a couple times this game. So I want to see more improvement in the offensive line, and I think we'll be be all right, man. The secondary, I agree with you as well. We need to find the second cornerback. We need to find somebody – to to work alongside with Butler because it's it's starting to get exploited very very bad. And Michael Longi, what about you, man? What improvements would you like to see going into this bye week for the New England Patriots? Well, I'm kind of on the same page as uh, as Nice there. Um, you know, the secondary I think needs to be improved. I think behind Malcolm Butler, I said it earlier. I think you know there really isn't any anything really behind him. Eric Rowe had a terrible game today. He hasn't looked great since he's been on the field. Logan Ryan has obviously underperformed this year, which is why Eric Rowe is on the field in the first place. And then, you know, you haven't seen Justin Coleman get better, and we haven't seen Cyrus Jones on the field really at all. Uh, he's been inactive the past two weeks. So I really want to see the secondary get better. That's the number one thing I'm looking at. Uh, I don't know how you can get Gostkowski more confidence during a bye week, but if you can, I would like that because I would like to see him, you know, just – get his confidence at 100% like it was before. And Marv, I kind of feel you on the, uh, the offensive line thing. I agree that it's gotten a lot better, but it always could be better because I mean, Brady got, got knocked around today pretty, pretty handily. Yeah. And you're going to be coming right out of the bye. We're going to be facing a really good pass rush in Seattle. So uh, that's good. That, that's probably what I'm looking at. I'm looking at secondary. First of all, Gostowski confidence and uh, offensive line play. I mean, and trust me, we're nitpicking. This is a team that is seven and one, so we're re- we're really nitpicking here. But anything to make this team better, and hopefully, I would like to see some uh, some more Deion Lewis sighting in practice or anything, just to give me a little little hope here and there. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, get him back into the mix. You're talking about our um, a running back core of of White, Blunt, and, and Lewis. Woof. Good luck to opposing teams out there dealing with that. I I hear you. Once again, man, Patriots win 41-25. Brady, 300 yards and four TDs. Just a magnificent game from him and the offense. This postgame show will be available for on-demand download by searching for the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as the CLNS Radio Mobile Podcast app. When you download our feed, you'll also see the Patriots Newsfeed Podcast, our daily news news podcast hosted by our content manager, Michael Longi. While you're at it, make sure you check out the Patriots Beat Podcast, hosted by Harris, which is also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and the CLNS Radio Mobile Podcast app. You can also check out Tyler Trudeau's Patriots pregame show video segments at youtube.com 
slash CLNS radio before every Patriots game. And be sure to check out Charles Ruffick's written work on the Patriots at clnsradio.com. Today's show was brought to you by Casper's Mattress. Casper.com slash Celtics for $50 off any mattress purchase. Movement watches, mvntwatches.com slash Celtic Beat for 15% off your first order with free shipping and free returns. And Indochino, get any premium soup for $389 when you mention the code Patriots at their Newberry Street showroom in Boston. I want to thank our guests and today's callers and everyone who tuned in. For CLNS Radio Executive Producer Larry H. Russell, Patriots Content Manager Michael Longi, my co-host Mr. Mike Knight, I'm Marvin Azan. See everyone here in two weeks when the Patriots take on the Seattle Seahawks. That should be a good one. Yes, sir. And once again, this has been the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show. Powered by CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for all New England professional sports. See you guys in two weeks.